Oh, look who's late this time. I know. I'm not recording. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Everything okay? Yeah, I just was running late with dinner. Cleaning dishes. It's a nightmare. Understandable. Have a nice day. So you uh, you eat and then you do dishes immediately afterwards? Um, not normally. Well, I, I mean, no, 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 I take that. I, I do normally. Sometimes I don't. But yeah, I don't. I don't like to let them pile up. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a piler. I'm a piler, Jerry. <laughs> She's a pilot, Jerry. <laughs> I got a, I got a meme to send you before we do anything. Okay, send me a meme. I am meme ready. Are you sending it in our super secret text channel? Uh, sure. I actually don't know what I mean when I say that. I'm very curious to see where this <laughs> meme ends up. I have two windows open at the same time, side by side, getting ready for either one. It's delivered. Only I don't think you're interested in the serious institution. They put my opinion under the soy wojack. They made me the soy wojack. I don't know what that means. What's a what? soy wojack? What does that mean? It's it's the the white face guy. Who? Oh my god! From, from now I'm, what? Now I'm sending you the soy wojack. Soy wojack. I feel like I've heard of this white face guy. Yeah, of course you've heard of it. Is this from a movie? Oh, 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 that's that that's what that's called? That's Wojak. <laughs> I had no idea that's what the, I did, I had no idea this had a name. That's hilarious. I, I can't believe you didn't know that. You know, yeah, it is really funny though. They made me the soy Wojak. <laughs> some of these some of these early memes, I think especially like I don't even know what their names were like the troll face i know that has a name Migusta that has a name uh-huh but i didn't i didn't okay all right well hey t-i-l yeah so i think i think that one in particular is like soy wojack but they're all they're all wojack gotcha so there's different types of wojacks there's yeah, there's wojack yeah. varieties title mm-hmm all right, I'm gonna. Uh, I gotta look this up on like Know Your Meme or something. Wojak, oh, yeah. it's there. Yeah, look at that. Oh right. Oh, also known as the Feels guy. Mm, it says yeah, I've seen him, him called that too. Right, because sometimes he's angry. Hold on, I gotta click. Right. I gotta click. No thanks. Take me back to the meme zone because I have an ad blocker and the Know Your Meme is mad at me for that. The exact origin of the Wojak illustration is unknown. The earliest known. Uh, I wish I was at home. MS Paint comic uh, was December sixteenth, two thousand nine. Wow! Wow! It's it's MS Paint. I had no idea. <laughs> what? Uh, know your meme is almost as valuable as Wikipedia, and maybe more so. <laughs> you know, I've I've gotten a lot of information from that website. <laughs> you know where I'm getting more information from, though. Tell me. Survivor Wiki. <laughs> so, so you're still watching the show then? I just finished season nine today. Wow, season nine. Yeah, I I I had to take a break for a little bit. Yeah, God, I'm I'm so obsessed with the show because like I, I, I felt like the <laughs> the first eight seasons was like a whole arc where it's it's the first time they're ever doing the show. They're learning what the show is. 
And so the first seven seasons, them experimenting different locations. Eh, this location doesn't really work. This type of challenge doesn't really work. And you get to know all these people and all these winners are the first seven seasons. And then season eight is Survivor All-Stars. It's like the first ever time they have people returning to the show. And it's it's just a phenomenal experience to watch. So a- after that one, I was like, all right, I've had enough for a little bit. And then I'm back on season nine now. Gotcha, gotcha. And this is what you're doing when you're supposed to be working. Uh, no, no, I only do this in my free time. Hey, you know what I wanted to ask about? Speaking of television... Did you ever get Apple TV Plus, the streaming service, to work on your Chromecast? Have you tried it? You know, I I, I haven't tried it yet, no. I haven't, I haven't had anything I needed to stream from there. I mean, I, I, I was sort of going to uh, to use that for, like, renting movies, because some, sometimes they'll have, like, an HD version when uh, another website won't have an HD version or something like that, or it'll be a dollar cheaper. Oh, interesting. But I, I, I haven't run into that recently enough to give it a shot. I thought you just used YouTube. I do. I do. Yeah. But, so, I mean, you, YouTube is HD pretty much everything, I think. But Apple is 4K sometimes, and also it's a little bit cheaper sometimes. So, Do you have a 4K TV? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, really, Apple's cheaper sometimes. I don't... I think so. I mean, it's... It's cheaper than some places, at least. I think. I, I think Prime can. I think Prime can be sort of expensive. You know, I think I've noticed that too. Because my my favorite website that I like to use um, to check for like stuff that's streaming or whatever is uh, JustWatch.com, and Me that too. that'll tell you. Oh yeah, so you know, it tells you where it's streaming, and if not, where you can rent and or buy it. Yeah. So I I just. I just go to that app and it says it's on all these places. Here it's three ninety nine. Here it's four ninety nine. Here it's HD. Here it isn't. So I just pick and choose based off that. Nine times out of ten, it's YouTube. Yeah, we rented a movie the other day. I just, I just like, I literally just like talked to my Apple TV. I'm like, I said, I want to watch this movie. We watched uh, Happy Death Day, and that wasn't streaming anywhere. So I just like talked to my Apple TV. I'm like, I'll just rent it. It's like, you know, it, it's, uh, cause, you know. It's easier to because I'm already on Apple and Apple TV and all the whole thing. It's like easier to just rent it from iTunes. It has my login, everything, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I was just asking because we just um, we just finished. Uh, for me, it was a rewatch, uh, but we just finished watching Ted Lasso, which mm-hmm. highly recommend. I mean, that's a this was on your list. That's a great show. Uh, so, you know, I recommend that to you and, you know, anyone else listening. That's a, that's a really good show. It, it, uh, very funny, lots of heart, you know. Yeah. I've had more people recommending that to me recently. Interesting. Okay. I think, I, I think I'm going to, I I got a couple short shows that I want to knock out Mm -hmm. soon. So I'm hoping that's one of them. And then the other one is going to be Harley Quinn, I think. Oh, Harley Quinn is a great show too. Because I'm just looking at both of these shows, and I'm like, they're both super short episodes. Like, I can finish each one of these in a few days. So, right. I don't. I don't want another. I don't want another Breaking Bad commitment just <laughs> yet, at least. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, the the other one that I would recommend from Apple is uh, Mythic Quest, which is Rob McElhenney's show, the guy from Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was very funny, and didn't didn't really wasn't like sentimental uh the way that ted lasso is i just thought it was a fun and uh fun and funny enjoyable kind of show um yeah i like his brand of humor so i'll have to check that out 
Yeah, yeah, and that's that's well, I was gonna say it was nine episodes, but they did they did one episode uh, in COVID times as like a pandemic special, so I guess it is ten now. Right. Hmm. But uh, you gonna watch any Always Sunny ever? I I think I will eventually. I I have seen a few episodes of it, and it is it is funny. It is really funny, really good show. At least the ones I've seen. Um, I think you've told me the last few seasons have been a little hit and hit or miss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mo- mostly miss, honestly. Mm, but that's a shame. That's that's the thing. I don't really know where to tell people when to stop. Because I, I was rewatching that show, and I sort of stopped around like season seven or season eight, I think. But I'm sure there's good episodes after there. I just think the hit to miss ratio starts to go down there. Interesting. Yeah, I, it's funny because it reminds me of The Simpsons. You know, everyone always has like their own cutoff for when you should stop watching The Simpsons. And it always seems like it's around season 10, but some people say 8, mm-hmm. some people say 12. You know, like there's, it seems like the line is, is blurry of, of when to stop watching. So I guess it's something similar with Always Sunny maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I need to check out The Simpsons too. What am I doing? Yeah, you got Disney Plus. Yeah, and I got I got it to watch a Black Widow on. Oh, that was a great transition. What a great transition. Yeah, that was announced today. That's, I mean, what do you think of the thoughts? I only. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the announcement because I think, I think that gives me a better chance of seeing it in theaters. If, if I'm, if I'm fully vaccinated, then I'll probably see it in theaters in July. So, so I'm looking forward to the possibility of that. I figured the chances were much lower of me seeing it when it was supposed to come out in early May in theaters and the fact that we were going to have to wait a few months after that for it to even get on Disney plus now, now I, now it's the best of both worlds. If I, if I'm not comfortable going in the theaters, then I've got the option to see it on Disney plus and the $30 doesn't bother me at all. Like I'll, I'll, I'll even like have a couple people Venmo me maybe to, to split it on my account or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I, you know, I know the, the president, um, said he wants everyone to be eligible by what may 1st i think he said now whether or not that happens i don't know i, I it still seems like it's up to each individual state to set their own guidelines but that seems to be that's what i was just gonna say seems yeah. that seems to be what the president's pushing for so you know if things open up by you know may then maybe you know three or four weeks after that is june maybe mid-june and then you know it's, it's possible that by july early july um you know, maybe we'll even get to see Cruella in theaters as well, which is, I think, having the same the same deal, right? I thought that was a straight to Disney Plus. Honestly, I didn't even realize, but yeah, I got, I got, I have to see Cruella. <laughs> That's a movie that, like, I don't even know if it's going to be good, but it's such good casting. I just want to see. It. <laughs> I, I I think people are just going to be talking about it. I, right. I have very low expectations for it. Okay, so you're definitely gonna gonna. Uh, watch Black Widow day one doesn't matter if if you know if you can't see in theaters you're definitely going to get the Disney Plus thing you're all in for sure yeah yeah I think so I think that's where I'm at okay I'm excited okay I I, are you still like I don't really care about Black Widow I I I feel like if there was gonna be a a a Marvel movie that I, I feel like I wouldn't mind skipping it'd be that one like, because I, I, because I, I've been thinking about this a lot, especially since the last episode where we, you know, where you talked about my whole feelings about Marvel and, and everything. But like, like I've even, I've kind of noticed about myself, like the the upcoming Marvel projects, I think I'm more interested in 
are the ones with like brand new characters. Like I'm interested in the Hawkeye show because it's got Kate Bishop. I'm interested in Miss Marvel because that's kind of that's a new character. I'm sort of interested in Eternals because that seems like it's something really different. You know, mm-hmm. whereas the 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 projects where it's like characters returning, I feel less enthusiastic about just because it feels like seen it before, sort of. I, I don't know. I, I maybe that doesn't make a ton of sense, but that's sort of how I'm feeling. So, I, I realistically, what's going to happen is. I'm going to get it on Disney Plus probably and because everyone else is going to be talking about it and, I, and I'm going to sit there and go, well, I don't want to feel left out because I have such FOMO that I'll end up watching it. That's that's probably what's going to happen if I'm being honest. But if I'm not being honest, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'll wait and see if I want to get it. I don't know. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think I was – I think I would probably feel the same way as you if 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 it was – how it was like 10 hours ago where it was just coming to theaters in May, not on Disney plus at all. I'd be like, well, if I was going to miss one or like be really late to one, like I don't, I'm not really that upset. Right. Could you, could you imagine if, if this happened to end game? <laughs> what would people do? Well, that is really the amazing thing is that they had their grand finale and then they had, and then the pandemic happened to them, to all of us. And then now, like, the blip in the Marvel movies is really kind of like their own version of the pandemic. It's very interesting how this happened to work out. I mean, right? it's it's such a weird coincidence. It makes me wonder, like, did Disney create the coronavirus? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's <laughs> something to that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, it, it is interesting, especially, like, you know, watching – you know, or listening to comments made during like WandaVision or during Falcon Winter Soldier when they're talking about what it was like for a while when everything people were gone and you know we're trying to put everything back together again and you know it, it's just it's it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, comparison parallel I guess I don't know right it's probably more relatable to people too yeah I almost feel like they should lean into that more maybe they maybe they will in upcoming media I don't know. Hopefully. I mean, I I've really, I know, I think I said this last time, but I really hope they make a show about people that have no superpowers just, like, living during the blip and, like, what life and relationships are like in that time. I think that would be fascinating. I mean, I agree. I also kind of think that show already exists. It's just not MCU. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's true. I still got to check that out. Um, Yeah, that's, a, yeah, The Leftovers. That's a really good show. Um, that was that was that was my joke on Twitter, which is that you should watch Avengers: Infinity War and then The Leftovers and then Avengers: Endgame. <laughs> That's the correct timeline, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, let me see. Hey, you know what? Speaking of movies, how many times have you watched the Snyder Cut? Um, <laughs> zero. That that's how many times uh, I want to watch it. So I think it's going to stay there for a while. <laughs> Yeah, you don't watch the DC. You don't watch any of them, right? You've watched some of them, but you don't like actively keep up with them, right? No, I don't really care about them. If there if there's one that seems fun, like the the Birds of Prey movie, I I, I check that out and I like that one. But especially especially Justice League, where it seems I, I I have no idea. Like, do I need to go back and rewatch Batman Superman to understand this? Probably not, and I definitely won't. <laughs> but like, am I going to miss out on anything? I don't know. It's it just seems like such a big commitment. It's four hours long. Yeah, this movie's four hours. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I I watched it because I have to watch everything, and 
everything superhero I watch. Um, but I, I watched it and I, I like it's bad, but I wasn't like frustrated with it. But then the movie kept going and going. <laughs> That's the worst feeling. <laughs> and I like, and I got to the point where I was, where I, I, like by the end of the movie, I I gave it like my rating on Letterbox, and then I and then I just said, just out of curiosity, what did I give like the original version, like the Joss Whedon version from twenty seventeen, I think, and I gave it a higher rating. <laughs> That's bizarre. Which which look at like thinking about it, like the Zack Snyder one, it's probably better just because there is more story like it's more fleshed out characters are given more backstory like it is probably better like story wise but there's still so much about it that's so bad and it's so long that i'm like does that sort of even it out maybe i i don't like it's like if they're both equally bad i guess i guess the one that's shorter is better like just by default right it's less evil (laughs) right so yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't like it um and neither the, did the thing with man. this movie is like i'm seeing that it's getting good reviews and <laughs> know, mostly positive reviews but everyone that everyone that i personally know hates it right. like all 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 the people on letterbox that i follow hated it so right. i'm like well are people just getting really excited because it exists which is like i'm i'm sort of giving the fact that it exists a thumbs up like i think it's kind of cool that it happened it's it's a pretty wild story how it basically just got memed into existence. Oh, but, I, I totally agree. But is it actually good? Doesn't seem like it. But maybe it's maybe it's better. I mean, maybe it's one of those things you got to split it up into like two viewings or something. I don't know if there's a good stopping point. But there there are there are absolutely good stopping points because because remember it was supposed to be like episodic. It was going to be four episodes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then later on. Zack Snyder came out and said, oh, it's going to be divided into six chapters and then like an epilogue. And then people were like, okay, so how does that fit into the four episode structure? And then like later he was like, oh, no, it's not. It's not episodic. It's it's one big thing. So it's like it's like, okay, so, you know, you could because it's it's divided. So it is divided into six parts and it even comes up on the screen like part one. And then it has like, oh, a t- really? And it has like a title, like each part has a title to it. And sometimes it's like a line from that part. And you, there's, you see there's clear kind of sections to the movie. Um, you know, like the first couple of sections are like kind of like set up and OK, we're going to get this character's backstory is the main sec. You know, that's the main story of this section. So it is cleanly divided up like that and so maybe you know you could watch a couple of parts at a time and and it would be all right i just don't know how you'd watch the last part because the last because part six is basically an hour-long fight scene and then the epilogue boy the joker scene was unbelievable i i was just about to ask only thing i'm interested in is the joker that's probably the only interesting part to watch because it's it's really well no not but no i think for you i think for you that's the only interesting part to watch because i I already knew that i think you would just be interested in it (laughs) yeah but no that's definitely true yeah it's bizarre and he and and, you know he doesn't say we live in a society you know that no oh i didn't hear that they did that just for the trailer that's really disappointing (laughs) but also also i give them props for it exactly i agree Oh my god! Yeah. What? What is it? Is it a good scene? You're saying it's interesting. 
it's it's just interesting because it's like it's Batman and Joker talking. It's like the first time this Batman and this Joker have like had a conversation. And I think that's why they filmed this was because Snyder was like, I want this Batman and this Joker to have a scene together at least once. Yeah, uh, I think he said that. And then what they're talking about is like Joker is talking about like, oh, I'm going to kill another one of your friends, Batman. And, you know, you do you want another one of your companions to die in your arms? And it's like, oh, I think he's referencing Jason Todd. So, because that was that was the second Robin, right, Jason Todd, mm-hmm. and so I guess I, don't remember. I guess in the in the in this timeline or this universe, I have this is the other thing. What's canon? Which version of the movie is canon? I have no idea. But like, I guess he's <laughs> I, referencing I know. I know. that in a previous showdown between Batman and Joker, like Jason Todd died. So that implies there was a Dick Grayson. Does that imply like there that like and then and then the movie ends with like a teaser for some other character showing up and it's like is that movie going to get made i have no idea like the movie sets up things that are not planned as far as i know it's very strange yeah i've heard i've heard people complaining about the movie for for that because we have no idea what's coming next from this universe if the universe even exists anymore people have no idea what's happening <laughs> They should just this. They should just end it after the Snyder cut. Just like start fresh with Robert Pattinson and whatever else is happening. <laughs> I, I I cannot tell you what's going on in this universe. What's even the next thing coming out? I the Flash. That sounds right. Let's look up DC and that and that movie is a whole other confusing thing with Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck being in that movie. Right? Wait, is that the movie where they're doing that? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a Flash movie where two Batman show up. Well, I just, I just, guess, I just assumed. Oh, oh, oh! The, the next movie is The Suicide Squad, which I have no idea if that counts. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point too. Doesn't really. I mean, it's clearly in universe, but will it have a major effect on the continuity or what happens going forward? I don't know. But okay, so the Flash. Are they doing? Um, are they doing? What, what is that? Is it the Flashpoint paradox? Is that the storyline where different universes come together? Probably. Is that? I think that's a storyline because there was an animated movie called Flashpoint Paradox, right? So maybe that. I have no idea. Yeah, you're right. That yeah, different different versions of Batman are coming. But this is cr- see. This is why I watched all these movies is because it's so crazy to me. That I I gotta try to figure this out. I'm trying to understand. <laughs> That's what's a losing going on. game. The thing is, there isn't anything to figure out. It's a complete mess. <laughs> like there's no correct answer here. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there is to me, at least. Yeah, I think you might be right. I'm reminded of um, that scene in Seinfeld. Uh, where Jerry goes down to visit his parents, and. He sees what's going on in the, you know, the retirement community, and oh, yeah. he just starts oh, yeah. screaming, what is going on in this community? Are you people aware of what's going on? What is wrong with you people? And that's how I feel about the DC EU. It's like, what is going on here? What are you doing? <laughs> like, what is, is, what is Shazam? Is that in the universe? This uh, yes, guy's it never is. showed up in any other movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, Shazam Unless is, he's in Sh- the Snyder Cut, I don't know. 
he's not in Snyder Cut, well, that, which is a shame, honestly. But <laughs> um, isn't Black Adam yeah. coming out? What is that? That's the movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, I see it here. Yeah, Black Adam. After being considered to play Shazam, uh, Dwayne Johnson was cast as Black Adam. The character was intended to be introduced in Shazam. Okay, I'll be honest. I don't know what Black Adam is. Me neither. <laughs> Thanks. I thought, isn't it like a superhero or Superman villain or something like that? Black Adam is a fictional supervillain. Uh, one of the arch enemies of the superhero Captain Marvel, which is a whole other confusing what? fucking thing. Holy shit. DC has a Captain Marvel. Do you know that? No, I don't think I'd ever heard DC that. DC has a Captain Marvel. And then Marvel was like, why don't we have a Captain Marvel? It's our name. And then, and they worked it out with DC. And now, uh, DC no longer calls their superhero Captain Marvel. They call their, their, their Captain Marvel Shazam. Holy shit. So, uh, Black Adam this is, is so wild. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, so so Black Adam is an arch enemy of the superhero Shazam. Okay, which so just making that clear, it's the DC and the nemesis of the Marvel family, which is I guess another DC thing. It's it like it's comic books are wild, man. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> and now they're being translated into movies. Apparently Captain Marvel his first appearance is in 1939. So that's even before Marvel Comics was a thing. Wait, so is that before Marvel Comics existed? I think so. I think you might be right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> let's well, okay. Well, let's look up Marvel Comics. I felt founded in 1939. So is that the same? Is that the same year? Yeah, it's like it was published the same year. Wow! Or it was published the year that Marvel Comics was founded. Wow! So there you go. I guess. I guess it's like a coincidence then yeah must maybe be. i don't know i don't know enough about it wow well i'm glad they i'm glad they worked out that complicated thing before they before the characters went mainstream <laughs> yeah because yeah, that, exactly. that would have confused the general public it's confusing to me honestly mm-hmm. i thought they just gave him a completely unrelated name uh, captain marvel's taken by the other comic book company how about shazam well, because his his power is that when he says the word Shazam, he transforms. Even when he was Captain Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> Way back... Okay, that's even weirder. <laughs> Shazam is an acronym of the six immortal elders, Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Yeah, that's a fun... That's a fun DCEU movie. Yeah, I've heard that's a good one. I think that's number one on my, like, DCEU ranked letterboxd list that is wild well let's find out let's see the ones they probably had the lowest expectations for yeah it's the one that people were not like hyped for it's the one that they clearly did not really care about and they were like you want to make a shazam okay i guess go like don't you know it's like clearly not really connected to the rest of the universe like not deeply it doesn't have implications for like what happens in a superman movie right like, it's just kind of often in its own little corner of, of the DC movie universe, and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's almost like, uh, I was going to compare it to something in Marvel, but they don't even really do that anymore. <laughs> sort of like Birds of Prey, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I have, it, I have it as number one. Number two, I have Suicide Squad. <laughs> I 
love Suicide Squad. I've been thinking about rewatching that. Yeah, I, my my roommate said he he's curious about it. I'm like, oh, it's wild. It's it's really a trip. <laughs> Every time I watch that movie, it's like, holy shit, what is happening? It, it's like, even for the internet, it's pretty shocking. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, I think my I think my favorite thing about that movie is the music. How there how there's there's like a really popular song every like two minutes that they just shove in there that's how we got started talking about it the other day is we were talking about how the soundtrack to that movie i think is actually pretty good or at least has a lot of popular artists on it the songs are good they don't work in the movie well right because it's a needle drop like like you said every two minutes and it's just it's way too much it's way overkill it's like i can't even begin to understand how this happened I think they go from the white stripes to Eminem in like five minutes. Seriously, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even like making a joke. I think that's how short it is. It's like five minutes. <laughs> Very so different tonally, too. I know, I know. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I have Zack Snyder's Justice League as the second worst movie in the DCEU, right above Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> that's really sad because it's. I mean, anything is better than Man of Steel. I mean, Suicide Squad is a worse movie, technically, but at least it's fun, which is why it's number two. Like, it's a ride. It's a bad oh, ride, yeah. but it's a ride. It's like the Fast and the Furious ride. <laughs> God, I miss that. I know, I know. <laughs> Whereas my favorite ride. Man of Steel is just, it, nothing's happening. I mean, it's like the movie is either two fights, two fight scenes in each one is 45 minutes to an hour, or it's like a thousand mini fight scenes. And I, and it's not interesting. Yeah, it's not a good movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I, I, feel, I remember liking it, but I was also like a freshman in high school, so I had bad taste. At least Justice League had a plot. Like, even when I was watching Zack Snyder's Justice League, I'm watching the Snyder Cut, and I'm like, none of these scenes, like, on their own are bad it's just that there's too many of them you know what i mean like that also is kind of what made it hard to like give it a rating because it's like just just pick the best of these scenes i don't know that's it's it's strange there's one scene where i started yelling like yeah okay this is good this is good and then i and then you know it was another two and a half hours of movie and then there was another scene right So anyway, let's see what else is going on. We got some uh, front matter here. Did I get through everything I wanted to ask you about? I think I did. Are you enjoying this new daylight savings time? Saving. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm loving it. I I always like daylight saving time because I, I like the sun setting at a reasonable hour. Mm-hmm. And I don't like when the sun sets at 4 p.m. I do not like that. Yeah, I'm back in my routine where after work, I go outside and read by the pool for like an hour. Just so nice because I couldn't do that for the last few months because I can't, I can't read in the dark, you know. <laughs> it's, it's lovely. I'm, right. I'm, I'm getting off work. I'm like, hey, it's still bright. It's still pleasant outside. I'm having a blast. Is that what you do with your time? I can never figure you out. <laughs> read? Yeah. Sometimes I read. What are you reading? Do you mind me asking? Um, I just finished reading Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, I kind of read that sort of years ago. What did you think? 
it was it was all right like it's it's one of those books like that's on a lot of lists like oh must read before you turn 30 like 30 books before 30 so i was like all right enough people are talking about this i'll check it out and it's like it's all it's all good advice like i don't think any of it is bad advice but it's it's not like huge brain like never thought of this before what a genius advice like it's all pretty simple stuff and right. I think I think I think it's possible to take it the wrong way sometimes. Like it, it's it seems it's best used for like business relationships and networking and stuff like that. And for all of that, it's great advice. But a lot of it, a lot of what he says is just like ask people about themselves, talk about other people, never talk about yourselves. People like you if you talk about them because people like to talk about themselves. Which is like if you take that to the heart and use that in your personal relationships then you just end up becoming a people pleaser so it's like i think it's a good thing maybe when you're trying to make a first impression or if you're trying to like close a deal in a business or something like that but for like long-term lasting relationships i don't think it's amazing advice yeah so i mean i'm looking at the wiki for it now and like Six ways to make people like you. One, become genuinely interested in other people. Uh, remember that a person's name is, to that person, the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Like, these are good tips. And, like, and you know, it's under the category of six ways to make people like you. So, like, in all fairness to the book, it's not saying, like, you should do this all the time. It's saying, right. like, here's how to just, like, deal with conflict. Here's how to make a first imp- – here's how to make people like you. You know, I think, but I think you're right. I think there is that danger of like, well, I'll just do this all the time. And it's like, it's not meant to do this all the time. It's meant to get people to like you. And then once you're friends, you can be more of a normal person. I mean, and, you know, and, and there's also something weird about this to me is I, I, I always struggle with things like this because it's like, where is the line between just being like friendly and kind to people to make a good first impression versus like actually manipulating people. Right. Like I, I, because once you cross into that, I believe, I believe that becomes immoral. You shouldn't be manipulating people to make them like you. Right. And to be fair, I don't right. think, I don't think any of these are that, but yeah, I think that's interesting. And so I don't, I don't know. I don't think all these apply to only business, but I think a lot of the examples in the book are business related. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I was talking to someone else about the book and it's like, yeah, it's, it's sort of, sort of along the lines you said of manipulating people. Like, yeah, it's, it's good advice, but like, do I want to be thinking about life hacks every time I meet someone? Like it's, <laughs> it's sort of exhausting to, to, to do it that way. Right, right. Like and life hack, call people by their name every time you talk about them. <laughs> right. And the other thing that I think, when I say I kind of read the book, <laughs> because I started reading it, and I would read like every page, every story, every anecdote, every tip, I'd read it all the way through. And then I hit a point where I, I realized like the the structure of this book is just he gives you a tip and then says, here's how you can use this tip or this life hack, as we would call it. Here's how you can use it. And here's here's some examples of how it's worked for myself or for other people. And I realize, like, eventually it just becomes, like, anecdotes and stories about about this particular life hack. 
And I started just kind of like skimming through the stories or I would only read like one of the anecdotes about a particular life hack. So I didn't actually read the whole book cover to cover. I kind of just like picked and chose like what stories seemed interesting or what anecdotes I was like, oh, give me a little more clarification on this one or whatever. So I don't know. I kind of feel like I feel like it's the kind of book that like maybe, you know, skim through it once (laughs) and then like just like once a year, just like refresh yourself on these rules. That's that's what I remember thinking when I first read it many years ago, and I've never reflected on it since. So I I mean, I think that's honestly sort of the advice that he gives. Like at at the very beginning, he lists like, uh, here's how to get the most out of this book. And like, I'm pretty sure he does say like, just skim each chapter and then go back and reread certain parts and like highlight certain things. So he he does he does sort of suggest that same way, and I th- I think there's ones like how many how many stories you need to read to understand that it's good to call people by their name. Like, do you really need to read all those stories? Whereas other other chapters, the stories are the most interesting parts. It it is one of the things where like okay, this one's pretty self explanatory. I don't need to read ten examples of why it makes sense. I can just move on. Right, and I I kind of started to feel like that. So, okay, I I guess. Maybe that's where I got that idea from. Then maybe it came from the book itself, and I just forgot that that's where I thought of that. But yeah, probably because yeah. I remember you telling me you sort of use that the uh, be interested in people at least. Yeah, I kind of I kind of forgot about this book. Yeah, it's 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 still good. I, I know I know I'm sort of maybe a little hard on it, but it's it's still worth reading and checking out. I I no, I think it's fine to to criticize it I, you know you know what maybe this is uh maybe this is a good book to reflect on once you know it, it's safe to go back to like big events and stuff like once i can start going to like conventions again you know that's, and, that's like, sort of why i'm reading it now honestly you're, like, get, you're i'm get, about you're, to be back into the real world <laughs> you're, get, you're getting prepped for uh you know the the, the world is going to come back you know within the next you know maybe six months maybe fingers crossed like come back in right. full swing uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember, I remember in 2019, people saying, "Oh, the 2020s are coming. We're going to get the Roaring Twenties, or or we should try to get the Roaring Twenties again. We should do it like from the 1920s." And now I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, "That's probably why the Roaring Twenties happened a hundred years ago is because of the 1918 flu pandemic, probably, right?" <laughs> I'm oh, I'm sure it was a big factor. I mean, yeah, I so think- we just needed another pandemic. <laughs> Every hundred years, let's just, you know, right, right, like 1918, 19, you know, like right before we hit the 20s, uh, you know, every hundred years we should have another pandemic. I think it's a great idea. Whoever. Uh, What could go wrong? Exactly. Whoever the, you know, Illuminati, whoever's in charge, can you plan that out? Can you just get penciled in a hundred years from now? That'd be great. Maybe we'll still be alive. I mean, I, I plan on it. I, I plan on, I plan on living to be 250. I think that's a good age. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> you know, a long way to go. <laughs> so anyway, so that's okay. Are you, do you have any plans for another book you're going to read after this, or do you have like a do you have like a list? I don't know. I don't have a. Well, I I am keeping like a Goodreads uh like watch list or read list sort of thing. Uh, just 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 as a way to keep track of books that people are recommending to me. Mm-hmm. Um, next books I want to read. Let's see. I, the thing is, I always just look at my at my bookshelf, and I I just know from there. I do want to re. I think I want to reread Dune before it comes out. 
or maybe or maybe just listen to it or something. But you, you just read it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I know, but I want to read it again. You liked it that much? Very huh? good. Wow. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's Dune. <laughs> what else do I want to read? I I, I want to read like some more like self helps uh type of books like Four Hour Work Week and Rich Dad Poor Dad. I've had people recommend to me a lot recently, so I want to check those out. What is it called? Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yeah. I never heard of this. What is this about? It's about uh, making money in real estate. Oh. Is that something you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Something I've already started doing. Oh, that's right. You told me about this. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm getting to starting it and making a few deals and stuff like that. And it's... He talks, it's all about, I, I mean, I haven't read it, but it's about what rich parents teach their kids about money. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, it sounds sort of condescending or a little pretentious maybe, but I'm interested. Okay. Yeah, I see it. I see it now. It advocates the importance of financial literacy, financial independence, and building wealth through investing in assets, real estate, investing, starting and owning businesses, as well as increasing one's financial intelligence or financial IQ. Hmm. So many okay. different IQs out there. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. so <laughs> a lot, a lot of IQs. Huh. Another celebrity supporter is actor Will Smith. Says he taught his son about financial responsibility by reading the book. So you'll be like Jaden Smith. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's interesting that he read that book and then became an actor slash rapper. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I guess I that's didn't... one way of reaching financial literacy. I didn't know you had Goodreads. Do you like the Goodreads app? Isn't it terrible? Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but I'm I'm pretty much using it only for the one purpose of keeping a list of of books I want to read. Like, I, so, I sort of want an app like that for everything, like a video games app, that which video games I want to play next, one for books, one for movies, one for TV. And I, I, there is sort of like an app for that, but like the only really good one is the movies app, which is Letterboxd. But the rest of them get the job done, at least, so it's fine. How do I add you on Goodreads? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to search for people. Sign. Oh, find by name. I want to add you as a friend on Goodreads. I can't even find you. <laughs> this website sucks. I don't, oh. e- I don't even know what my username is. I think I found you. Matthew Iandoli. How to win friends and influence people. You give it three stars. Yeah. That sounds about right. I'm not doing any half stars with these books. I'm going to follow. Oh, wait. I can follow and I can add a friend. I want to add friend. What's the difference? What the hell's the difference? Add is... I don't understand this. This uh, this website is a disaster. You know how you can still add people's friends on Reddit? It's so bizarre. That is weird. I think you and I are friends on Reddit. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, let's see. What have you read recently? You read the four-hour... Ah, oh, Tim Ferriss, four-hour work week. Oh, that's a want to read. That's a want to read. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, we'll do. I'm sure it's great. You would. You might. You probably like that guy, Merlin Mann. You'd probably like him. Oh, I love Merlin. He's Mann. a he's a productivity guru. I mean, I sort of do an inbox zero sort of thing in my personal life. More so, my work life, but with email. Hmm. Yeah. So you, yeah. So so explain how that works to me. What do you mean you're at? What do you mean you do inbox zero? <laughs> I mean, I, I like read what Inbox Zero is or the basic concept of it like once on Wikipedia. And I was like, all right, I think I get the idea. <laughs> Maybe I'm not understanding it because I know he has a whole talk about it. So I, I should probably watch that. But like 
it's it's more so my work email address than it is my personal email address whereas like the end of the day i have to make sure that like every email is not in my inbox and i mean usually it happens within minutes of getting an email but i always try and make sure that i have an empty inbox at the end of the day and everything that i need to follow up on is flagged for follow up and that's that I, that's that's mostly what i do which i think is Maybe not the entire thing, but at least the right idea of it or the spirit of it. It's just not because I've I've been in that I've been in that position before where you just don't clear out your inbox and things don't get done because you lose track of them. So I started adopting that. So if you have something you need to do, but you want to clear it from your inbox, you flag it. Yeah, yeah, normally. And th- this is on this is on Outlook. Right, and then you have a special like flagged category that you can refer to yeah it's like a whole separate tab there's like the tasks there's like the email calendar groups and tasks tabs i guess Hmm. it's so it's so it's so nice having an empty inbox like i look at other people's inboxes that just has like emails from three months ago and i get so stressed out well i agree that is insane i am not quite as diligent as you are i i'm fine to leave something in my inbox for like the next work day like okay well this is a thing that you know i'm waiting on you know something from someone else to send to this person so i'll leave that in there as like uh, i'm waiting on or i i have to do that tomorrow so i'll just leave it in my inbox and i'll i'll do it tomorrow but but yeah i agree with you that i don't understand how people have hundreds of emails or thousands of emails just sitting in their inbox i do not understand that at all that would just give that would just stress me out I also I also think it's just like a big issue with productivity is like if you have if you're if if your if your workday is pretty busy and you have 100 emails just sitting in your inbox how do you know what you have to do next like it's right. it's just so much easier to just get the email say like, okay does this require anything of me no okay archive or put in put in this folder delete whatever if you're not doing that you're just constantly scrolling through emails like oh yeah I got to do this oh I forgot about that that's from last week oh fuck Right, like, doesn't it all blend together? Like, how do you pick out what's important and what's not? I don't know. I, 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 mean, I, I also sort. I have um, all emails sorted by subject line, which I, I, after after doing that, I don't know how people do it by anything what, else. What like is what does that mean? Like in in my inbox, they're not sorted by time and date received. They're sorted by subject. So if if there's a thread that has five people on it and they're all replying to each other, it shows up by thread. I don't. I still don't understand. I still don't understand. It's sorted alphabetically by the subject. Yeah, yeah. So, so all the all the all the emails with the same subject line are right underneath each other. Wait, you used the word thread a second ago. Is it not normal for email clients to have like a threaded? Oh, oh, oh! I see. Oh, I see what you're saying because in Outlook, even if you can still have multiple emails from the same thread, but they'll show up one on top of the other. Yeah, exactly. See, okay, see, I am used. I use Apple Mail. I just use the built-in, like, macOS mail app. Mm-hmm. And that sorts it by time and date, but also mm-hmm. threads things together. So, like, if someone, if there's multiple people on an on a, on a email chain and multiple people respond, it only appears once on the, on, like, the sidebar where you can click on it 
and then you see the full thread and that's all sorted by time and then the thread is sorted by it like basically like message like ios messages that's how apple mail does it but other email clients i don't think i like that as much see i like that because it makes it feel like texting yeah i just i just like seeing how long like the thread has actually been going on like oh this is actually a 10 string email or oh this is just two but then once you click on it it, you can see all the emails in one thread even though it appears like 10 separate emails in your inbox Mm -hmm. i gotcha i see sorry i don't use outlook so i don't i wasn't familiar but but my dad uses outlook so i see his emails sometimes and yeah that i and but also i'm also so used to like even if there are multiple emails in a thread, just deleting one of them because who cares? I have the whole thread in the other email anyway. You know what I mean? But right, I guess the, right. you don't. You know, if you left for an hour and then came back to ten emails, yeah, you're going to see ten emails, even if they're all in the same thread. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, email is so complicated. I, 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 I know it's a mess. I just like being able to see what each individual person said, and it's it's sort. I've, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like if I do it the other way, I would lose track of certain emails or. Or it's one of those things where it's like there's 10 people on the email and two people reply within minutes of each other to the same email. And then it like it sort of it sort of sorts differently. It's it's hard thing for me to like explain, but two people responding to the same message at the same time. And then it's like, well, which one really came first? And now they're not responding to each other. It's a response to the same email. It, it just gets confusing. Right. I know. No, I know. I, I totally I totally understand. Yeah, I I am so glad that I'm basically off email except for work stuff because it means that I only have to deal with it when I'm at work and everything else is just right. like texting, which is way easier. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my personal email address is just like marketing emails and constantly unsubscribing from them. Yeah, my personal email is is like newsletters that I've subscribed to. Like I'm subscribed to like like COVID newsletters and Philip DeFranco's got a newsletter and I'm questioning how many of these I want to say subscribe to. But yeah, I don't like people do not email me. Email is for me like from personally is like a way to be updated on certain things. It's like a, it's almost mm-hmm. like it's almost like how some people use RSS. I'm using email. Like <laughs> it's like a way to stay up to date on things. But, right. Yeah, email is just such a complicated and and you don't do any of like well I guess if you're using Outlook, do they have like snooze features like things like that? Have you ever used features like that? Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No. I don't I don't think I do. I mean there I mean there's certain nice features with like rules that I should start to use more like anything with this subject line automatically goes to the trash or something like that. Like we get we get IT emails all the time at work, which like 99 times out of 100 I don't need to read, so I should just like anything that comes from the IT email address just hit straight to delete. Yeah, right. I, I just I I asked about about snoozing because I remember my favorite email app from a few years ago was Mailbox, and the whole feature, the whole idea was it was of it was that you could be at inbox zero all the time, and the way you did that is that like if there was something that you needed, if there was an email. But you didn't want to deal with it now, or you had to you had to wait to deal with it. You couldn't you couldn't deal with it until like a three days from now, or whatever. You could snooze an email, and you could say, "Bring this back to me on Monday," or "I only or 
bring this back on the weekend when I have time for it or whatever. And it would automatically put things back into your inbox at a certain time. Hmm. And that was the, that was the main feature I used. And so that the, that way it was like every single time you open the app, you will close the app with nothing in your inbox because you've either flagged it to, you know, go somewhere else, you've archived it or you've snoozed it to come back at a later date. Like it had all like so the idea was that you can always have an empty inbox. And if something needs to come back later, it'll come back later. But as of right now, it's empty. And that was the idea behind it. And I loved, loved, loved this app. And then it got bought by Dropbox. And I was like, that's a weird company to buy an email app. <laughs> and then they were right. like, then they were like, hey, we're updating it. And I'm like, oh, well, it's getting updates. That's good. And they were like, hey, we're going to get a Mac app. And I'm like, a Mac app? Great. I'm going to be on the beta. This is great. And then it didn't get updates for a while. And I was like, what's going on with the updates? And what's going on with this beta? And then they're like, yeah, we're sunsetting that. It's done. And I was oh, like, no. yeah, that makes sense. That makes Because why would Dropbox buy an email app? It, just, it, was, it was weird. <laughs> it, was, it was very strange to me. And then I switched over to... Um, was it was it there was some there was some g some google app for gmail that sort of tried to replicate dropbox uh, tried to replicate mailbox and then i was using that because that had like snoozy type features and then they said we're getting rid of that but we're adding those features to the gmail app and then i started using the gmail app and then i hit a point where i realized you know what i hate email why do i do any of this and now I don't have any. I I have the Gmail app on my phone. I haven't opened it in, in in three years. The mail, the regular iOS mail app, is like the one that I'll use if I ever need to for some reason check email on my phone. But I have it completely disabled. It never checks for emails. It only checks for emails when I open the app and hit refresh. It never oh, sends nice. me notifications. I'm never alerted to an email ever. And the only time I check my emails is when I open the mail app on my Mac. That's it. It's the only time I check my emails. And of course on the on the Mac, the way the mail app works is that you only get notified or notifications about email when the app is open. So right now the app is closed. It's quit. I'm not at work for the day. The app is quit. I have no idea what emails are coming in. I'll see them tomorrow when I start work. But uh, but because I just I just realized like what do I need email for? I like I need it for like like some inform like like I'm you know, I'm on a newsletter about like you know, when does eligibility change for the COVID vaccine? Like, okay, I want an email about that. I don't need it the second it comes in. I can, it can wait till 9 a.m. tomorrow, you know? And then, and then everything, and then, because I only need, I really only need email for work stuff anyway. I don't want to be checking that stuff on my personal time. And then people who know me personally have, you know, either my Facebook Messenger or they have my phone number. So what do I need email for? Who emails? What, what year is it? No, man, I, w- I wish I was like that. That's, that, sounds, that sounds better than how I'm doing it. How are you doing it? I don't know. I, ju- I just feel like I'm always on email. For me, it's like everything is happening through email. Even like personal stuff? Not as, not as much personal stuff, but it's, it's definitely there. I mean, especially with like real estate stuff that I'm doing on the side now. It's like almost, almost everything is going through my personal email. I'm talking, I'm talking to people like sellers and buyers through that, which can be a real pain, which, which, which has really complicated my email process because, because before it was more, it was a lot more like you are, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I've, I hate the, I hate the Mac mail app. I, I, I can't stand it. I, I use Outlook. I, I don't, I don't love Outlook, but like I at least understand it and I'm like efficient on it. The, the Mac mail app, I have no idea how to be efficient on it. 
like that. The what I I don't I never found a good way to like follow up with emails. What does that mean? To like to like flag them to follow up on. Oh, were, oh. I never found like a good way to do that. Right. Yeah. See, I don't do that, so I don't care. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm always following up. Yeah, you love follow up. I mean, uh, with this this is a this is maybe like a weird extreme thing I do, but like on my work email. Before I log off, I look at every email I sent that day and flag the ones that I need to follow up on. What? In, ca- in case someone doesn't respond, I don't want to forget and have this thing slip through the cracks. So I flag at all the emails I sent that I'm like, okay, I need to double check with this person tomorrow if they didn't do this. That's – wow. I get. I guess that makes sense because with your job, you're communicating with people inside the company. Right. Whereas in my job, I'm communicating, I'm communicating with clients. And so our philosophy where I work is like, look, I'm going to email the client. If they don't want to get back to me, that's their problem. Right. <laughs> you know, right. They, yeah, it's, it's not quite the same attitude here. Right. Exactly. We're, you know, we're, you know, if, if, if someone doesn't follow up on my email, it's their loss, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. in your job, if someone doesn't follow up on your email, Something bad could happen to someone else in the company, or the company loses a shipment, or what? I don't even know what it is you do, right. but yeah, things like yeah. that. Yeah, you you got the right idea, right? So that's email corner. <laughs> <laughs> we I think we started this topic in daylight savings time. I don't know how we got the email. Well, we said, well, yeah, we started daylight saving time. We st- then we did Carnegie. Oh yeah, we talked about what I was reading, right? And I, I was going outside. I'm still not sure how that got us to email, but it doesn't matter. We're having fun. It's okay. Yeah. I'll figure it out on the re-listen. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's see. Did, w- did we have any other topics? I mean, I, th- I think we're an hour in and you said you had some front matter. So why don't we get to that? Well, I did some of that because uh, I was curious about the Snyder Cut if you watched it I was curious about if you had your Apple TV working you have a, you have a mini topic here too I, I do I to do that, I but... let me see what is the mini topic oh 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 that might be a full topic maybe we can do that another time that the okay. the idea is what if we compare our screen time does that sound interesting to you that does sound interesting maybe we do that another time that could be a topic yeah why don't you move that to main topics so I am starting a project. You want to hear about this project? Please. It's not really a crazy project. But like I have decided to start taking pictures of COVID signs that I see at businesses and stuff because I sort of want like the memory of what it was like during this time. You know what I mean? Like just to kind of look back on in like five or ten years and be like, kind of remember when all these signs were everywhere about how you have to wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. Like – I just think that'll be an interesting uh, collage to make. Almost, I don't know. What What do you think about this idea? This is stupid. <laughs> no, it's not stupid. <laughs> it, it actually does sound. I feel. I feel like this is going to be like an art exhibit, or, or like an exhibit in an art museum sometime in the future. Right. Like remember the that pandemic. Could, that could be cool. Right. Right. Exactly. I feel. I feel like there's. I feel like there's a lot of interesting things you could do. Not just with signs, but like. Um, the way people are standing in line and stuff like that too. That's a yeah. That's a good point too. Yeah, and 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 then and even now that I'm talking about it out loud, 
I'm thinking about like, well, our place is going to start doing like vaccine passports. You know what I mean? Where you have to prove you've been vaccinated in order to come into this location or do this thing. And, you know, there'll be signs for that, too. So I think I think now might be a good time to start kind of chronicling what different signs and what the world kind of looks like as things start to go back to normal. Right. Because we've I've been seeing the same signs for almost a year now. Nothing's really changed. But I feel like now we're getting to a point where things might start changing soon. Mm-hmm. So it might be interesting to, to take some pictures of that. I actually sat down and had lunch with someone the other day outside because I'm not vaccinated yet. But the other person was vaccinated. And so I was like, well, you know, this person probably doesn't have it. And they're probably unlikely to give it to me, even if they are a carrier. And just in case, I'll, we'll sit outside and... T- but it was like it was one of the first like sort of normal things I'd done, sort of, you know, like we still right. like and, and then we talked for a little bit afterwards and then after and then we eventually did put masks back on. But, yeah, it was it was kind of a nice feeling of like, oh, this, remember, remember when we could just sit across a table from someone and just chat, not wearing masks like we again, we didn't do it for a long time. Um you know, but we were outside and, uh, you know, so I don't know. It, it, and I'm still not even sure I'm comfortable with what I did. But, <laughs> but you know, it was probably fine. I don't know. It was, it was just interesting. It was just kind of kind of cool to feel like this is this is how it starts. Like it's going to there's not going to be a day where suddenly everything goes back to normal. It's really going to be a gradual thing. And I feel like, oh, this is sort right. of sort of the beginning. Yeah, you should you should do it with more than just uh more than just like stores and stuff. You should do it with like events like that. Like this is the this is the first time I'm eating indoors in a restaurant or ju- just things like that, you know. This is the first thing That's first true. time I didn't sanitize my hands after using the gas pump. That- <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That could- this this is the first time I didn't wash my hands before picking my nose. I love that you remembered my tweet from like 8 months ago. <laughs> That's a good tweet. That's really funny. Yeah, that you know what? This might be a good time to start a diary. <laughs> there you go. That'd be fun. <laughs> I, th- I I almost bought CGP Grace theme journal, but it was sold out, of course. Ah, that's a shame. Is it still sold out? No, it's back in stock, but I don't know if I want it anymore. <laughs> that's how it was, so, it was sort of <laughs> It was sort of just like the rush of when it first came out, I was really excited, and now I'm like, eh. Maybe I'll wait till next year. <laughs> yeah, wait till wait for another, another three months or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe this because because I bought years ago. I bought that app day one, which is I guess like one of the better like journaling apps on iOS. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna like you know talk about my day or just write down like, oh, what did this today or what? You know, I'm not gonna make it like, dear diary, today I was feeling sad. Like I wasn't gonna do that. But um, you should do that. <laughs> Maybe I will. But you know, then I kind of fell out of it after three days. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, this would this. That's you know what? That's also kind of what I like about doing this with you. And I don't want to get sentimental, but I like doing Aww. this with you because <laughs> because it is sort of like us working through a really weird time in our lives and the world. Like, I feel like this is like a running, 
like it's like it's just like a demon process running in the background is like how are we coping with the pandemic and how are things changing it's interesting it's interesting hey it's bizarre like it's this. bizarre that we started it during the pandemic <laughs> right i mean i was thinking about this last time like our second episode is when we we brought it up for the first time and started mm-hmm. talking about yeah. what do you think is going to happen <laughs> how wrong we were too my god well i told you the story of how i thought i wouldn't need a mask did i tell you that probably maybe i don't remember but uh, no i i remember like early on people were first starting to think like should should we be wearing masks and i remembered like i i found like some custom one or like some cool thing that designed or something i wanted like on etsy and I was like, oh, this would be a cool, like, to get a mask. Like, if I had to get a mask, maybe this would be one to get. Like, but the but the shipping time was, like, two months. It was, like, six to eight weeks. And I was like... And we, oh, and we were like, of... pandemic's going to be over by then. Well, I, I, I didn't think it was going to be over, but I thought, like, well, you know, I won't even need a mask in two months because we'll, you know, we're going to ramp up testing and we're going to get contact tracing. And it's just going to, we're going to totally have this thing so under control that we won't even really need to wear a mask. It'll just be like constant vigilance uh, on part of you know the the contact tracers and the government, and you know we'll just do that till there's a vaccine. And and I mean, boy, was I wrong. I mean, like I really overestimated the competence, abilities. I don't know of people in charge, and also like fellow citizens. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, uh, yeah. So. It is funny to think, you know, and, and even even once I bought a mask, I remember I bought one that didn't quite fit. Like it was just a little too loose. Uh, I guess I bought a size too big or I have a small head. I don't know, either one. Um, but like, and I would just kind of, for like a few months, I just kind of like would like kind of twist it around and kind of try to make it tighter and wrap it around my ears like twice or whatever, you know, little thing, little tricks you do. And... um which is amazing that like we all know tricks on how to make your mask fit tighter. Like it's amazing how how much our lives have changed in a year. But um, I remember I did that. I was doing that for a few months, and I was like, for a while, I was like, I don't know, do, do I want to like spend money on buying another mask and wait for it to be shipped? Like maybe things are going to get better. And then eventually, I hit a point. I'm like, things are not getting better. <laughs> I should I should right. buy a a better mask that fits me better. And now I'm actually glad I did because now I'm double masking. So I put on the the loose fitting one. I put that on first, and I just kind of let it be a little bit loose. And then I take the the one that fits really tight, not really tight, but it really fits snug. And then I put that one over the other one, and I use that whenever I have to go anywhere now, like if I'm in a store or something. So that's what I'm doing mm-hmm. now. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wear the same mask all the time. I don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, it's you know, I'm wearing the same two all the time. It's not like I have a, a plethora of different styles. Although I do like that celebrities have masks to match their outfits, which is a whole weird thing that like it's just become so normal that like, yeah, you got to get it to match your outfit, and you know, your mask Duh. has to match the outfit and the purse and the shoes, and the shoes have to match the pocketbook. Um, yeah, it's well, crazy. I have like I have like ten of the same mask, and oh, I try not to wear the same. I try not to wear the same one more than like twice or something before throwing it in the laundry. Because I don't, I don't know if there's anything to that. Like if you don't wash it, it's still going to be in your mask or something. Like there's probably nothing there, but it's more of just like a cleanliness thing. Like I don't want to wear this thing too many times in a row. Right. So did you line. just buy like a pack of all the – like it's like a 10-pack of all the same thing? 
I mean, I just got I just got gifted them, honestly. But oh, okay, basically what it is. And it's all just uh, your college Florida Gators. No, I only have I only have one of those. That was like a, a fun gift. The rest were just like you actually need these gifts. Gotcha. Are they like surgical masks or like like the? No, they're like the uh, the cloth ones. The cloth ones. Yeah, yeah. They're they're gray and they're white. Yep, yep. I, well, I heard I heard that hospitals now, if you go to visit, you can bring your own mask. But if you don't have like a like a real surgical mask, they make you wear a surgical mask underneath your regular one, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. And I think there is something to the idea that the surgical masks are actually a little bit better than like the regular cloth ones. Um, yeah, it's not really surprising, but yeah. But also, that's like well, kind of why I'm wearing two. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's really shocking how we've just gotten accustomed. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, I'm. It was a, the other day. This is this is how crazy things are. The other day, I was in Publix, and I was I'm wearing two masks, and I'm looking around, and I'm and I'm now like judging people. Look, how are people only wearing one mask? And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, okay. First of, I first I was judging people for not wearing a mask. Now everyone around me is wearing a mask, and I'm judging them for not wearing two. And then, and then I'm sitting there, I'm going, not only have my standards gotten so crazy, but like we've just gotten used to the. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We've just we've totally gotten accustomed to living our lives and doing work during a pandemic. The other day, I I pulled into work into my office, and again, I have like my own office unit. It's not connected to any other unit in the building. I'm the only one who goes into the office. And I'm pulling to the parking lot, and the parking lot is full. There's only like 5 units in the building. Why are there 15 cars in the parking lot? And I'm sure everyone in all these other units is wearing a mask, but I'm like I'm sure some of these jobs could be done from home. I'm sure some of these jobs were done from home eight months ago, but now it's just like, well, we've well, we 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 were doing the work from home thing as long as we could, and now we don't want to do that anymore. So just still come to work and just wear a mask. And it's just like, wow, we've all just gotten used to it. We've like we because I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going off about this again. I'm so, <laughs> it's amazing. This is so, I, I still think about this so much. I I love that you're getting upset about people not wearing two masks. Like we live in Florida, we you should you should just be thankful that they're wearing them. I know, I know. It Did could, you? It could be so much worse. Have you seen the videos of Spring Breakers? Um, it no, was on the Felt DeFranco show the to. other day. He showed some clips. Oh, of I'm, a, I'm a few episodes behind. He showed some clips of people like in Miami, and I mean it is just packed. With people, I mean, shoulder to shoulder, on top of each other. No one's wearing a mask, and I'm going. And this is unbelievable. I mean, it's just. No, you're right. I, no, you're right. I should be thankful that people around me are even wearing a mask at all. You're right because this is this is state is out of control. I, I mean, did you, the other day I saw I saw like there were a bunch of arrests in like Miami County or Miami Dade County or something and like 51% of arrests were non-Florida residents. Like people are still traveling and going on spring. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting upset about this again. This is not going to matter in 2 months when I listen back to this and it's going to feel dated and irrelevant. I'm sorry. Oh my god. It's all right. Uh, do we have any other topics? We're going to uh, this is that's all going to get cut. Uh, just like every other COVID segment. Yeah, ex- exactly. 
Um, did you want to talk about? <laughs> do we have time to do any other topics? How long are we going? I don't know. I don't know if we do. Is there any? Is there any Minai topics? Nope. <laughs> Why is this doc two pages? What is it? Two pages? Yeah. Uh. Like oh, you're go. right. You're right. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know what I wanted to ask you about. Have we talked about award shows? We have. I don't think we've talked about them in detail. Because I the Grammys were on recently. Yeah. And people seemed very upset. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted per you, usual. I wanted your take on it. On on both the Grammys and the outrage. Do you have a take? I'm trying to think what people were specifically upset about again. <laughs> um I guess I, I sort of I don't know award shows is specifically the Grammys because I care the most about music mm-hmm. it, it's just frustrating because it's like I think the Grammys are a sham like I like <laughs> I don't think they normally like award the right people or even nominate the right people a lot of the time so it's it's frustrating and from that perspective I'm like I don't care I'm not interested but at the same time I get excited when people I like get nominated or awarded so it's like well that's that's sort of hypocritical. Like you shouldn't even be excited if they get awarded. If you think the whole thing is a sham, right. I'm like, well, I, I want this person to be happy. So like, it does. It doesn't make sense to be upset about it if I think the whole thing is a sham to begin with. But there's still when when Phoebe Bridgers gets nominated for four Grammys and then doesn't win any, I get a little bit bummed still. But yeah, for the most for the most part, I think it's like, I I think they're they're a sham. I mean, the like. <laughs> It was like a few years ago where like Bruno Mars won the album of the year and it was like the worst album in the category (laughs) and it was still a good album, but it was like, man, there's some really good albums here that you just didn't give it to. And then there's like the one year where, uh, they, they nominated Kendrick Lamar's good kid, Mad City, which is like considered one of the greatest rap albums of all time. And they gave the award for best rap album to Macklemore. And it's like, well, is that, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm sure there is some like race issues within the Grammys, but like that's, that seems like beyond a race issue. That's more of just like a, holy shit, you have really bad taste in music issue. <laughs> like how can, how can you call yourself a music award show and give it to a Macklemore album when Kendrick Lamar just released a classic? Like it, I don't know. So I think, I think it's all, it's all pretty ridiculous and silly. It, there's always a few good performances, which is like, the highlight or the reason to even watch the Grammys. But yeah, I'm, I mostly don't care about it. It's, I, it's, it's like one of those things I want them to get better. And I, I have like, I'm optimistic and hopeful that they will award and nominate the right people. But when they don't, I'm, I can't be bothered to get, to be surprised or get upset about it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely know the feeling because when they start, when they start giving awards out, to, I mean, I mean, going, this, I think this feeling this goes for any award show. Like when they start giving awards to things that y- you you don't agree with, or you th- or most people just think is just the wrong choice, it starts to feel like well, this whole thing is stupid anyway. And then and, you, and then people start saying like, and who you know who who cares about trophies? And you're just giving people famous people awards and celebrating people who are already rich. And you, you, can, you can get into that whole thing. And what does it even matter to win an award? Like. You know, just make good music or just make a good movie or whatever. You can get into that whole thing, and then, but then, when people you like or or you know artists you like get nominated or win something, it feels like validating. 
And right. you're right. There's a there's a sort of contradiction there. And I, I'm I'm hearing you talk about it. I'm I'm wondering if maybe maybe the the best balance of that is is the the old cliche, which is it's an honor just to be nominated, right? Because maybe that's the best balance. Is like, hey, if, if someone's at least nominated, that means you know the, the, you know we're talking about. These, this is one of the best albums of the year, and maybe we can disagree on which one was actually the best, but we can we can all agree these five or eight, however many it is, these were in the conversation for best album, or you know, um, but yeah, there is something to that. Like it, like you do want to see the people you like win because if they win, it feels like it feels like a, a reward from like the whole industry. It feels like the industry rewarding this person and validating this person. Like, yes, you are amazing. You put out an amazing thing this year, and we want to celebrate that. And I, I totally understand when it feels like, oh, the industry is giving the award to the wrong person, and that, and I don't know. It's it's because you're right. There's a contradiction there, and maybe the right answer is just just be happy if the people you like get nominated, and then. Don't get try not to get too upset if they don't win. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things that I only talk about in in my favor to my advantage. Like, um, for example, Arcade Fire's album "The Suburbs" won Album of the Year in 2010, 2011, I think it was. And so, if, if I'm, I like that album a lot. And if I want to recommend it to people, I'll say, "Hey, you should check this album out. It won Album of the Year at the Grammys." <laughs> <laughs> to, to like to try and to try and just like generate any interest in the other person and be like oh album of the year at the Grammys now I'll check it out like if if it right. gets them to listen to the album I'm happy but deep down I'm like well it doesn't really matter I don't care that they won album of the year at the Grammys <laughs> like I'm happy for Arcade Fire but like deep down the uh, like there's other albums that have won album of the year that I wouldn't recommend at all you shouldn't just listen to it because of that but I'll, I will use it to my advantage when I need to. Right. Well, I think that's how you influence people right there. Exactly. <laughs> um, but then that also gets into the whole thing of like, well, who's giving the awards? Like, is it really the industry or is it just who are these people? Who are these people? Right. Is it because it's like anonymous, the Grammys, right? I think so. I, I mean, I have no idea who votes. I mean, because that's the thing is like you want to believe that it's like. Uh, whoever wins best thing of the year, best movie, best album, whatever. Like you want to believe it's like, oh, well, this is the whole industry has 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 agreed by majority that this is the best thing of the year. But in some ways, that's not actually what's happening. That's not really what happens for the for these things. It's just some people. It's just like a gr- like it would like it would be different if if like every like major like artist on every label got like a vote then that then that would be interesting that'd be an interesting show oh yeah no i i'm totally with you on that and i I think um there's like there's like in terms of music acknowledgement and recognition there's things that I, i i like a lot more where like the the rolling stones list of like 100 greatest guitarists of all time list like at the very beginning of the the album, it's like here are all the professional guitarists that voted on this list. I'm like, okay, now that's really interesting, and it's like right. it's guitarists that you recognize too, but they're just they're just they didn't make the top 100 cut. But I'm like, okay, so this is people like in music that play guitar 
acknowledging who the best guitarists are of all time. Now that I'm interested in. There's nothing or like in the in the NFL, there's like the MVP award that or like there's certain awards that are voted on by the players who are acknowledging like you were the best player in this category this year. Stuff like that is really interesting. When it's just a bunch of like quote critics maybe or just like people in the industry, it's a lot less interesting. Right. It's like the time I was listening to the Howard Stern show, and they were having a debate about who is a better drummer, John Bonham or Neil Peart. Was that the debate? Wasn't that the argument, right? Probably and, right. And, uh, and they, they were having this whole debate with, this, with the staff, and they said, you know who will get to settle this? Lars from Metallica. He'll know. And they, brought, <laughs> and they called Lars, and they said, Lars, who's the better drummer? And he said, John Bonham. So there you go. Hmm. You got an answer. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and but yeah, but but yeah, you're right. Like it would it would be more int- it it the yeah, who is it this you, you said the, the Rolling Stone does that? Yeah. Yeah. At least that, on some of their lists. Yeah, that makes sense. And don't they do something similar for like best albums, like the greatest albums of all time when they do that you list? You know, I I'm not sure. Well, they make, yeah, they make the list. I'm not sure how that one is voted on, but I think they for ones like guitarist and drummer, it's like voted on by guitarists and drummers which is nice but i also think like doing ranking best albums of all time is easier than like an album of the year because it's it's i think it's always easier to look reflect back on something in hindsight you know what i mean where like like who what macklemore won like who like in hindsight who listens to macklemore like where where is he what happened to that guy right now and 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 who did he who did he win up against who who lost to him that you were upset about Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, I feel like, is still relevant. Oh, yeah, of course. So it, it, they, sh- they should – every award show should be delayed by five years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll vote on it five years from now. I like that. I like – so, okay, so the 2021 Grammys should have been for 2016, 2016 exactly. album. Exactly. Right. Now, that would be an interesting system. Here, welcome to the 2021-2016 Grammys. <laughs> And that was one Adele won that. Yeah, that, that probably makes sense. I mean, it's it's sort of one of those things where I, I think about like um, albums or movies of the year. It's like there might have been a movie that you really liked or were excited about, but like, is anyone talking about it two years from now? Like that, that's st- stuff that people are talking about five or ten years from now. That's the stuff that should be winning. There's a lot of stuff right. that just gets forgotten after one year. Well, that's why I kind of like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has the rule where the band has to exist for like, I think it's 25 years before you're even eligible. I, yeah, I think so. I think it's 25 years after your first song or record or something. Yeah, it's something like that. But that that is like a good – because, I mean, you're talking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah you want to make sure they're really – they really stood the test of time. I got whole other issues with that organization, though. I, yeah, I mean, because I mean, but doesn't that also the same argument, the same issues of like, well, do these awards even really matter? Is that what you mean when you so you have issues with it? I think I think my biggest problem is that it's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and not the Music Hall of Fame. I I, th- I think like I've heard like a few years ago, NWA was uh, nominated. To enter the rock. And roll oh yes, and, I heard about and, this. Yeah, and people, people I know personally, and people online, are be like, "NWA, how are they getting nominated for this? They don't deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame." And I look at it from the perspective of like, "Well, Johnny Cash is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mar- Marvin Gaye is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. These people, 
made rock music just as much as NWA did. Like it's either it's either it's only people that make rock music or you call it the music hall of fame. And I think people use that the fact that it's called rock and roll to like gatekeep other artists. And I I always tell people it should either be called music hall of fame or it's living the rock and roll lifestyle, not making rock and roll music specifically. Wow. That is an interesting thought. That is an interesting way to look at it that I never thought of. It's people who live the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Because well, I, I was going to say, well, then Marvin Gaye shouldn't be in there either. That was going to be my response. It's rock and roll, not music. Right. I, I've, I've said that to people too. Wow. But but you're wow. So you're talking about like well, if you lived if you live the lifestyle, then hey, come on. Yeah, that, 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 that's the that's the spirit of the Hall of Fame and why rappers and country artists and Motown artists get nominated. But then you have all the all the rock and roll purists say, well, they shouldn't be in it because they didn't make rock music. Eh, shut up. Who cares? But then there's some people who are like notably absent from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Like, aren't there some people that people like? People are still mad. Oh, so-and-so isn't there. How is that possible? Right? Pro- yeah, I, I think there are people like that. I forget I forget who exactly the biggest snubs are. Bands not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's see. Isn't Cheap Trick not in there? Although I don't know how famous they are. I, mean, I only know like one song. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's just me being young. See, this is an article that just has links to YouTube videos. I want – just give me a list. What, why is that so difficult? Yeah, I'm, I'm – yeah, Rage Against the Machine isn't in there. Wow. That's wild. That That is odd to me. Like I'm not a big Rage Against the Machine fan really at all, but they're, they're huge. Right, yeah. People always talk about them. Yeah, I th- I'm looking through this list of like biggest snubs of all time. It seems like it's people that are like – really critically acclaimed but only by like a small group of people like more hipster or indie type of band like lesser known but are still really good and it's I, what i'm getting from this article is that like oh they only nominate and acknowledge like the really popular artists hmm the smiths aren't in the rock and roll hall of fame that's a wild one that is very odd to me Again, I'm not a huge Smiths fan. Not that I dislike them. I just never really got into them. I bet if I got into them, yeah. I would. But, yeah, that's weird. But then some of the... I'm literally... I'm looking at probably the same exact list. And some of these I haven't even heard of. Right. What is Link Ray? What is that? I don't know what that is. I don't... We must be on different lists. <laughs> who is... Who is Mar- 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 Mariah Carey? I don't know who that is. Yeah, I've never heard of her. I'm just kidding. But not Rock. Right? Am I wrong? I don't think so. I don't think that's rock. I don't. I don't listen to. I think that's Christmas music. Does Mariah? <laughs> Does Mariah Carey live the rock and roll lifestyle? <laughs> I have no idea. Pro- probably not. You know who does is her ex-husband Nick Cannon. I think he lives the rock and roll lifestyle. He should be in. Ryan Seacrest should be in. <laughs> is 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 Ryan Seacrest rock and roll? Totally. Him and Simon Cowell. <laughs> how about how about anyone from american idol should be in the rock and roll hall of fame how anyone, about that? anyone who anyone who auditions should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. <laughs> I, I will not rest until william hung is in the rock and roll hall of fame <laughs> holy shit <laughs> she bangs she bangs <laughs> oh my god i used to love that show 
Yeah, that's a show that went downhill. Oh, yeah. Well, that's oh, yeah. a show that doesn't exist anymore and then re-existed, right? I think so. I, I, I remember I was like one of the last few people watching that show. And I, I, was, I remember talking about it at school and be like, you guys see that new episode of American Idol? And I'm like, oh, you're still watching that? Like, when, oh, yeah. When was I, this? I like it. this. I remember this in eighth grade, which would have been like. So by the time you 10. were in eighth grade, people, people were already like, what the? You're watching American Idol? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. So here's one that's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Outcast. Yeah, that's, that's a wild one. That's bizarre to me. Yeah, I wonder if it's just one of those things where they're still like rap in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is still like a new thing, and they're not totally accepting of that yet. Yeah, apparently, according to this, they've been eligible since 2019, so that's very, very recently. So maybe it is the kind of thing where it's like, hey, they just came became eligible. We're still, you know, getting used to rap artists being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, maybe in the next few years they'll. I mean, I'll be honest. I've never listened to Outkast other than Speaker Box of Love Below. Uh huh. You should check out some of their other stuff. Yeah, you told me about that one album, Aqua something. <laughs> Aquemini. Aquemini. I'm sorry. Well, may- maybe white. you would hate it. It's all about astrology. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. I would just very much dislike it. I feel like you'd be talking to yourself the whole time. Well, they know the placement of the stars in the universe has nothing to do with your life. <laughs> uh, is it really all about that? No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's like one reference to it on the album. I think I'll be fine. Yeah, probably. You should check it out. Follow up. Who's Johnny Guitar Watson? I have no idea who that like is. Who, like, this, who are, these people should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If if I haven't heard of them, why are they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Do you know Gary Delabate votes? He's he's one of the votes in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, I don't know who that is. He's the producer for the Howard Stern show. Really? Baba Booey himself That's votes. Baba Booey? That's Baba Booey. Wow. He has a vote on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's bizarre. Who else votes? I have no idea. You know, you know what's a weird one who is in is Ringo Starr. Like solo, solo he's in. Yeah, that's strange. And I, th- I think that just like sort of shows you how much of a sham it is. I'm, I'm happy for Ringo. I love Ringo. But like, I watched this one interview with Paul McCartney where he's he's on some like Colbert or Conan show talking to someone, and he's like, "Yeah, I found out Ringo wasn't in, so I got on the phone with people. And I was like, this isn't right. Ringo's got to be in, and then they put him in. <laughs> so I'm happy that it happened, but it's, it just shows you, oh, Paul McCartney, anyone Paul McCartney says has to be in, has to be in. <laughs> You know what? I respect that. I on I would I think I would respect the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame more if it was just like, look, we just do whatever Paul McCartney says. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. That's that's the way to fix it. The Grammy should be like that too. Totally. You know what I like about Paul McCartney? Hmm. He always like seems so down to earth and so humble. You should have seen him in the sixties. He wasn't like that? No, no. Oh no. Because I feel like I see him now on like a chat show and People will be saying, like, you wrote one of the greatest songs of all time. How did you do it? This is the greatest song ever written. It, you wrote, how'd you do it? And it's always like, well, we were just playing on the guitar, you know, and that just came out. We said put it on the album, you know. Like, 
it, like it's it's always he, it's like he has no idea that he's like one of the greatest musicians of all time. Right. That is that is nice. At least it's the, the opposite energy of Kanye West. <laughs> Boy, you, that's that's true. You cannot pick two more polar opposite people: <laughs> Kanye West and Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's hilarious that they collabed. Did they? Oh yeah, they have a song together. Oh really? Is it good? It is a good song, actually. It's got to... four or five seconds. It's got Rihanna on it as well. What's it called? I'm four or five seconds. I mean, there was a whole, there was like a, a whole album that apparently Paul McCartney produced for Kanye, or they were like working on music together. But I think a lot of it got scrapped. Hmm. Oh wow, four or five seconds. A song recorded by Rihanna. Uh, recorded by Rihanna, Kanye West, and Paul McCartney. Written and produced by West and McCartney and a few other people. Wow. 2015. It's a good song. And they had a black and white music video for it. That's how you know it's artsy. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff right there. You put anything in black and white and it becomes uh, automatically artsy and higher art, really, if you do that. That's why they're doing a version of the Snyder Cut in black and white. (laughs) Holy shit. I'm serious. They they really are. Someone Someone had a good joke. Um... When they after they announced the black and white version of the Snyder Cut, someone had a joke that was like, "Now I'm just waiting for the silent film version." <laughs> like no, that it's would be great. it's a like first it's four by three, then it's four by three and black and white. Now it's gonna be a silent film. It's four by three. You didn't know this? No, no, I didn't. Matt, it the whole movie's in four by three. It's insane. Wow, that's weird. Like the lighthouse. And, and, yes. And they and they actually they put HBO Max. If you play it, they put a disclaimer up that says this movie is presented in four by three format to preserve the artistic vision of the director. Holy shit! And but what's fucking crazy about it is that if you go back to like 2016, 2017, back when they were like starting the process of making the movie, the movie is storyboarded in widescreen, like a regular like widescreen aspect ratio. Right, and then. Joss Whedon comes on, and I think he slightly changed the aspect ratio, but still widescreen. Still, like, full widescreen. And then, all of a sudden, they release a trailer, and it's and it's in four, for the Snyder Cut, it's in 4x3. And he says, oh yeah, I always wanted it to be that way. I always wanted it in 4x3. And it's like, but we have, we have your storyboards from the original, from five years ago, that was storyboarded for widescreen. He's never explained this. Of course he hasn't. That's hilarious. It, it's it, Matt. It's crazy. A four-hour movie in four by three. Wow. <laughs> There's no way I'm watching this. 